calling all beans, y'all. Let's get it. All right. Welcome back to Calling All Beings. I'm your host, Nathan, and we are, we've got an amazing show for you guys tonight. Very excited to speak with our guest. But before we get to her, we a little bit of housekeeping just to let everyone know what's going on. So DJ, who's normally with us and who, will be, who normally does our amazing introductions, uh, he's, he's taking the night off. We're giving him a little personal time. Uh, and, and one thing that we care about more than the phenomenon is taking care of ourselves as well as each other. So DJ, we hope that, uh, you're doing well, and we'll, we'll have you back on ASAP, uh, but sending you some good good vibes tonight. So, uh, again, I am Nathan, the uh, co-host. I'd like to introduce my other co-host. We've got Akashi Chris uh, at Chris Mellons, Texas. What's up, Chris? How's it going? How are you guys doing? So excited to be here. Yeah, it's going to be a good one tonight. Uh, then we've got our, our, our researcher extraordinaire, Deb, at Study of UAPs. Deb, what's up? Hey, hello, everyone. Deborah, <laughs> you can't hear me. I was yeah. talking. <laughs> no, we can hear you. It's good. It's good to hear your voice. <laughs> okay, great. And Flair, our humorous antagonist, Flair. What's up, man? Hello, hello, Earthlings. How are you today? I am Flair. Good, man. I need to enunciate better. Excellent. That is excellent. Well. Flair, always good to hear from you. Sounding <laughs> fantastic this evening. Uh, well, listen, we have an excellent show lined up for you guys tonight. Uh, we are incredibly excited to speak with this guest. Uh, she is has a long background in PR, uh, founder of vocab.com, uh, uh, director of media at The Debrief. Uh, she's also a co-host at an excellent podcast called Alt-Pop Repeat. Uh, and then you'll find her on uh, her YouTube, uh, which is Rebelliously Curious with Chrissy Newton. Welcome, Chrissy, to the show. Hey guys, good to see everybody. Yes, normally DJ does. Uh, if you're familiar with uh, WWE, Chrissy, that's the kind of intro that DJ typically does for the show. Nice uh, DJ. <laughs> you cannot, you cannot uh, do what DJ does though. So we're just going to do the, the the chill method today. Uh, so anyway, we are incredibly excited to have you with us, Chrissy. Uh, we're all big fans of what you do at the debrief um, and and everything else. I mean, it's it's crazy to me just looking at the stuff that you do. I don't know how you do it all. It's a lot of work. What we do. How do you keep <laughs> up with everything on your plate? I am insane at scheduling starting off as a publicist, you have to be extremely organized. So I, my days are really organized and people always laugh at me. My friends do from like going out for dinners to like what I'm going to do. Yeah. It's, I'm pretty organized, but I also, you know, I, I have, fr I have like my friend who does a, the other show with me, all pop repeat. So she does, she produces one show. I produce the other show. So mm. I'm not fully on my, my own. And then on in vocab, I have some other people that work for me. So it is a team, but with the debrief, we're, you know, we're a whole collective. So I just, I, you know, I don't have kids. That's one thing too. Um, so I'm lucky to be able to just be able to create all the time, which is great. Nice. Just be scheduled. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. Now, have you always been like that? Or is that something you kind of picked up later in life? Uh, whew, uh, I would say later in life, like in my mm. early 20s, if that's later in life. But mm. um, 
for sure when I was a kid, I was not organized at all. But when later on, when I, when I started wanting to get into PR and I kind of figured out what it was and knew mm. what it was, then it just demanded that of me that I had to be really organized. So here Excellent. I am. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we are excited to have you with us. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of a round robin kind of question session. So you'll hear from uh, everybody on the panel. Um, I'm, first up, we're going to speak with uh, Deb. Deb, I know you've got a load of questions for uh, Chrissy. Uh, you wouldn't believe the list of questions that Deb has compiled. So Deb, <laughs> why don't you kick it off for us? Well, I think the one that is most interesting to me um, has to do with your recent tweet about speaking to Travis Walton. And of course, you've spoken to a lot of major players in the UFO um, community. So I was just kind of wondering, what were the significant messages that you got from those interviews that you felt kind of stood out that you wanted to share? Ooh, that's a great question. Uh, the Travis Walton interview I did in 2015. So it was a really long time ago at the UFO Congress. Uh, and this is way before, obviously, the UAP report and everything else that happened in 2017 with Lou Elizondo. So there I was, for me to meet him was a story that I've known for a very long time with my father. Um, and my dad has his book. And so when I met him in real life, it was really for me to figure out if I thought he was telling the truth or not. Uh, and when I did, when I met him and, and my theory of like Travis has evolved over time too. Um, I'm in a different stance than probably where what is I met him before kind of going down this wormhole of like UFO research and meeting people in the community and, and learning more uh, about his story and himself. So he, you know, he, he was really interesting and it was really compelling to meet him. Um, and then I think later on moving forward, like Lou Elizondo's interview with me, you know, I've known Lou for a little bit now before I started at the debrief, I met him, uh, I met him almost around the same time and Lou's interview with China and his feelings about what's going to happen moving forward with China. And then obviously the UAP task force in China is to me, I think should be a bigger conversation than it is right now, especially in our own community, because I think that's what's going to be happening next and even just politically. So his concern, as much as I had a concern with it and the larger conversation about what China's doing in their technology really opened up my eyes to, to look at what the DOD is doing and what people in government are doing and how they actually are taking it serious. So it made me, I'm going to use the word believe, but it made me look at Lou and say, okay, I have more trust in you than I might've had maybe before. I never, not that I didn't trust him, but you're always still questioning all the time, right? Um, you can have a relationship with somebody, but it's always a, a form of surface level. He's not like, you know, he's not my best friend <laughs> and you get to know him as a media perspective and a, and a journalistic side of things and a relationship like that. So as that's grown and to see his concern and to learn more about the conversations that they're having around international relationships and UFOs is, is really interesting to me and ex extremely important. So nice. Yeah. Chrissy, Chris, I'm going to put, put you up next. So what kind of question do you have for, for Chrissy? Well, you know, I was going to ask a little bit different type of question, um, but I'm, I'm sure we're going to come back to UAPs, but I did want to talk to you a little bit um, backstage. We mentioned uh, Leslie Keene and I saw that you, you know, you had talked to her specifically about surviving death. And I was on uh, Priscilla earlier this week and we were kind of talking about past lives and stuff. Was there anything like yeah. really just like a surprising moment out of that? Or is there something that you came out of that just kind of changing your perspective in, of things? 
I wouldn't say anything changed when I talked to her. She's very much who I thought she would be. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I still believe that even though for her perspective, and again, like nobody knows, we don't really know. And the government would know if anything, if it was their, obviously their technology or foreign adversaries. But I do, uh, you know, my gut feeling tells me, and it's nothing, it's, this is just pure gut is not that I've heard anything or anybody else has the debrief, but I really do feel that it might be a combination of UFOs and foreign adversaries. I don't know if it's our tech and I don't Mm -hmm. feel that it is. Um, Mm -hmm. but I do think that it's something that we're concerned about. I've talked to Ben Hansen about this too. Um, and he has the same feeling I do about this and has said, I'm glad you brought it up because I think we have to, I'm more scared to be honest that it's foreign adversaries than it would ever be UFOs. So I think that as a community, not just like obviously the government's looking at it in their own perspective and always looking to see if it's foreign adversaries, but we should be mindful as civilians as well too, um, because it says a lot about what might happen in the future if they have that type of technology and we don't. So if it were foreign adversaries, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. You know, well, yeah, I, you, I you never know. It's like if somebody has that power, but you know, so anyway, I'm sorry. I'll just. No, it's okay. I think it might be both, you know, and mm-hmm. being to me, it's um, just, it, there is a chance that it could be both of them. And I was, and I thought that she might have uh, been a little more aligned in that direction too, but she was very much like, no, it's, it's UFOs. Um, mm-hmm. That's it. It's not mm-hmm. our attack. It's not foreign adversaries. It's UFOs. And again, she's a, she's a way better journalist than I am. And I will say that and has been more experienced than I have. Mm-hmm. So I, I will take her word on it, but I am still open-minded to that. It, it could be both and still looking on the technology side of what's going on and foreign adversaries and always following that um, because it can play a part in the way that we view UFOs here too. Okay. Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's worth noting that before, you know, we had the um, reporting in place that we now have because of, you know, the revealing of the videos and whatnot, yeah. if it were foreign tech, no one was reporting it. Um, they were afraid to say anything. So we have a huge movement going in the direction of just protecting ourselves in general because of what's happening with this community. So, yeah, that makes sense. You know, you, you speak to something, though, that I think um, maybe we often overlook, and that's this. Uh, we really haven't had some significant breakthroughs in technology in a while. Like our our, our technology when it comes to aerospace uh and defense. I mean, it's still pretty much the same. Like, where well, there have been advances in stealth, uh, there have been advances, of course, recently in, in hypersonics. That's kind of the the hot topic now. But w- what I'm talking about is a, a significant breakthrough in in uh, in technological performance when it comes to national mm-hmm. defense. And I, and I, I kind of echo your sentiment that that uh, if if we're not devoting time, energy, research, effort in, into that kind of science, all it would take would be one significant jump of an adversary and then you would be outmaneuvered uh, and that would put us at an extreme disadvantage. So I think that's uh, something we really shouldn't lose sight of there. Yeah, I agree. And also then, you know, politics might say, well, we're not going to talk about UFOs, but it doesn't mean that UFOs go away, you know, Mm -hmm. and and not at all. So people might just be like, oh, it's foreign adversaries, UFO conversations done, let's move on. And news media might do that. And as a, someone that works in PR and deals with the UFO topic within the media and seeding that topic, you know, and breaking stories to mainstream media, it's important to me that the UFO topic stays consistent and stays academic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it doesn't go away or is overshadowed by something else uh, because that's what's happened. You know, someone like myself would have been the person in the early 60s that would have done like, you know, would, would have been creating all those 
disinformation campaigns, right? Um, so I'm on the other side. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My job is to, you know, on in the journalistic form with, you know, some of the best investigative journalists that we have at the debrief, like Mike Hanks, you know, Tim McMillan and MJ Benias, like the three of them and anyone else, Chris Plain as well, is becoming an amazing journalist in that space. So with them pushing forward and finding that information, and then I get to see it to mainstream media, we get to have a play where that disinformation is very less than what it could be. And, and everyone always says like, they're like, we think that the debrief is part of the DOD. We're like, we're not like, we're not funded by the DOD. We're all, we're an independent organization. Um, you know, that, that has a, a that loves this topic. Mm -hmm. And so that it's important. I say it's important to me. I wouldn't know if I can't speak for the guys, but I would imagine it is. Um, but having those conversations that are larger and, you know, telling the truth and finding truth is way more exciting. Um, and that's where we wanted to stay in news media. So, yeah. or I'd liked it to, at least. I yeah. Can I just say one thing? I love the Dave Foley conversation because <laughs> it was so cool to hear like somebody from, you know, coming from mainstream going, oh my God, we've just made fun of this subject. You know, the entertainment has just, just yeah. completely stigmatized this. So I love that you also brought that perspective to your show. Thanks. Yeah. I actually, I, as much as I love like ancient aliens and I love discovery and I love any, like, I think there's a, there's a place for them. And mm -hmm. I say this lightly because, you know, a, a lot of people have been on different shows and, they, and a lot of people in our community have been on those shows. And they're really great because they do have pushed this, the conversation forward. It's just being mindful that sometimes the stuff that they're putting is entertainment and isn't fact and it's more paranormal than it is scientific. And so that's the only thing that I get, you know, I get a little bit worried about and I'm, I'm worried about and I hope that in the future we start that starts to change and we start using science mm -hmm. to, you know, and less paranormal and start going hard science. Um, I say it because that's what we do with the debrief, but I think it's way more cool. Like, I'm sorry, like talking about warp bubbles and everything else that's going on in the science world is way more cool than what somebody's writing in a paranormal show. No offense to the paranormal mm -hmm. shows. They're fabulous, but I think that what's actually going on in the real world is just way cooler. Mm -hmm. um, I would freak to see a warp bubble in a lab. Like, yeah. I don't, I think everybody here would, like, it would be, it would be unbelievable. So, you know, hopefully one day I get to God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking yeah. of warp right. bubbles, uh, I, Kevin, can... you, you deal with those all the time, right? Well, actually, yeah, I actually, I had a question. We're talking about the, the UFO community, right. Um, and how I was, uh, cause I was looking at um, YouTube today and I noticed that the big phone home, it only has 15 K views. And I'm, I'm looking around and there's this trying best TikTok foods. It got 1.6 million, you know? So do you think the UFO community should be trying TikTok food on their shows? I'm just wondering. <laughs> well, hey, if it's, if it's going to get a larger reach, sure. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know what? I think like mainstream stuff that's really... I'm going to use the word fluffy. People have, don't have the attention span, it seems well, like. Well, and, and some people just don't care or they're scared. Yeah. They don't understand. There's, you know, or they're, they don't, they haven't had an exit in, you know, somebody hasn't talked to them about it. And they're like, oh, like there's lots of people still walking around that are like, oh, there's UFOs. Like what? Like, you know, I get it all. I hear it all the time. So, you know, there are those chapters of people. And I, th and, to, and what I think is going to happen is in the next like 10 years, we're going to see a real mainstream, mainstream shift because right now, like cool. UFOs were counterculture. They were counterculture. Like I would say before 2017, and then, then they became like sub 
subculture. So now it's very much a subculture and then it's moving into mm. the mainstream now too. So I think in 10 years, it will be a mainstream conversation and politically because of politics, because of entertainment and because of news media. And there also is probably going to be better footage because of the Galileo project and all the other research that's going on academically. So like in 10 years, like I think we're going to be laughing and we're also going to be at a different point and we're going to be having way different conversations right now than we are, than we are now. Well, I hope we are. Let's, no, I hope, let's hope. so. I hope we're getting yeah. the 1.6 million views, you know? Yeah. Can you imagine? I know. I always think Man. about that too. But, uh, you know, I've seen other people. Um, oh, my God. What's the one? His name's Nathan, I believe. Um, that does, uh, I believe he's had Lou Elizondo many times. He does the, the Reddit question, the Q&A. And you guys have probably seen it. And it's really great. But he gets about 100,000K views on his show. And like, I love his show personally. I can't I forget the name now of it. God, go figure. But uh, his stuff is really great and it's compelling. And he brings on tons of different like people in the UFO community and scientists mm -hmm. and that's doing really well. And I'm, I'm happy for him because those are the like conversations and round tables that mainstream media is not having. So Right. Yeah. Well, I wanted I mean, to ask you, notes. you know, with, with your experience with media and PR, I mean, is it, um, how do you view kind of what becomes sticky as far as, in terms of popular and what become and what is also true? You know, there is kind of this like That's interesting play between that. And, and it's sometimes something that is popular is, can be completely false. Um, and so, you know, I wonder how you think of those things in light of the media that, that kind of we create and others who do interviews create and uh, you know, what is actually true behind all of the, the things that we're, we're pursuing. Do you mean by like popular in the UFO community or popular in general? I think, well, in general as well. Right. So there's, um, you know, things that go viral or, or things that, that uh, people tend to latch onto when it comes to media that they're very interested in. Um, we all, we, you know, everybody always talks about fear driven media and how that, you know, gets a lot mm -hmm. of eyeballs or whatever. Um, but that may not necessarily be the truth, right? So, um, yeah. I wonder how you think about that in terms of getting something, get, getting facts out and also getting attention, you know, there's kind of a balance there, it seems. Yeah. You know, I, I'll, I can speak to the debrief you know, after, but before I would say, I literally just had this conversation with Mike Shaw on my tardigrade interview that I released today. And we have a, a section in it where we talk about how there's click. So the mm -hmm. whole conversation about like tardigrades being, you know, uh, using quantum entangled, it's not really like they did kind of quantum entangle them, but it was very on a surface level. Um, you know, it wasn't to a, to a level that people would have been like, oh, you know, and also it wasn't peer reviewed. You know, there's tons of things, but this paper comes out and people are like, this is true. So they, they did do it to an extent, but it's not, you know, they overpopulated it. They wrote a really great headline and wrote a great press release and it got mm -hmm. picked up and tardigrades are freaking amazing. So mm -hmm. why wouldn't it get picked up? Everyone loves them. And so, <laughs> and they deserve all the, they deserve all the press, Absolutely. all the press, all the press. And so when we talk about that, he made a comment about how it's all clickbait. And, you know, and so that's popular, but it doesn't mean that it's fully factual. There's mm. fact in it, but it, there's way more to it than what was actually alluded to. So I think there's a lot of that goes on. And then we get things like other different disinformation campaigns or fake news, as we'll use the word, mm -hmm. um, from different foreign adversaries around the world that are, you know, putting in stories and, and, persuading us into I'll say North America I'm Canadian but into a North American perspective and that's causing things like civil war and it's causing things like polarization so um in creating extremist groups and there's lots of stuff that happens because of that 
disinformation that comes from other countries. So I think people need to be mindful of that. And I think the way to solve that is obviously to teach kids in school about journalism and like how to, how to weed through fake news and how do you fact check things? Um, we, we do it. I remember when I was in school, like younger, we learned how to research stuff, but it was only in cycle encyclopedias. It wasn't, you know, in the internet until I probably got into like, you know, just before high school. So I think that I'm like aging myself here. God. Uh, <laughs> I but, remember um, encyclopedias. I'm older. I miss them. Exactly. You know? I'm older. Encyclopedias. Yeah, exactly. Going to the yeah. library. Yes. Um, and so I think that if we teach kids in school how to do that and how to fact check and, and, and how to understand what they're reading and be able to go back and look in and, and look at things like articles and finding research from, you know, from uh, academic universities um, or science reports or anything that comes out that they can read and fact check it rather than going to this website, you know, that's mm -hmm. like, you know, literally called fake news.com. Right. Um, <laughs> my dad does that. My dad sends me stuff sometimes and he's like, Oh my God, Chrissy, you know? And then I'm like, dad, I'm like, and then I like fact check it and I sent him something and I was like, no, no, I was like McMaster university just like totally discredit this doctor. And my dad's like, Oh, he's like, I didn't know about that. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, you know, he's getting older, right. He's a, he's an older boomer. And in his conversation, he doesn't know how to fact check the way he is, but he's smart enough to know that, Hey, I don't think this is right. And I'll just send it to my daughter to do it, which is fine. I don't mind doing it. Um, you know, he taught me so much. So now I get to, I get to do it. Right. It's, it's, right. it's what happens. Yeah, it's better so, to ask yeah. And, you know, and to just assume exactly. that it's right. Yeah. yeah. 100%. So I think that that's, you know, that's it. And then, and same with the debrief, you know, the guys are always fact checking and looking at everything they do. I can't speak fully as journalists for them and how they work, obviously, because it's their, you know, that's their skill. Um, I'm more of a conversation investigative, um, you know, I don't call myself a journalist in that, but I'm more investigative conversationalist. Um, and so for them, I watch how they work and I see, and I, I see how they, they fact check and their sources that they have. Um, and also like Tim McMillan's a former, you know, former cop. So he, mm -hmm. he has a, his eye of investigation is I think is amazing personally. And when I, and he's so bright and he's just so well, all of them are so well-versed in so many different areas. Um, and they have a really good group of people that they can go to and look into, to facts a little bit better. So yeah. Anyway, that was a really long response, but, uh, <laughs> <No>. yeah. <laughs> I have one more thing on tardy grades before we move off because today yeah. and in looking at the interview, I was so excited when we were getting ready for quantum entanglement and tardy yeah. grades. Like, <laughs> it's like, right. Peanut butter and chocolate. Right. I was all ready to go. I'm like, yeah. And then when he said that, I was like, Oh, dang. <laughs> and you I know. Look on your face. You were like, quantum entanglement. We're going to entangle those tardy grades. But dang it. Yeah, that was sad. A little bit. I know. I felt the same way, too. I was like, Not yeah. disappointment in your face. I'm like, yeah. I I know we've done so much to tardy grades. I actually went online because I was promoting the video and I found, I found a, a site that says like the tardy grade, uh, moon rescue, a uh, group or project. And I was like, that's amazing. So there's this Facebook group that wants to go rescue all the tardy grades that crash landed on the moon. And I was oh like, I'm God. joining this group. Cause I'm here for that. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so yeah. Your Chad was saying that we should have like a mass lawsuit. You know, for right. all the people that we've caused the tardy grades. So I'm going right. right. to take it from here because I'm tardy grades. No, that's great. We should. I love yeah. it. When Rescue we go to the moon, grade. they should have like a little tardy grade collector when we go back and they yeah. can bring them all you home. Know, well, and it, we'll, like, we'll give them little badges. Back. 
Exactly. <laughs> the theirs now, so I don't right. know if we. Yeah, they might want to stay there. Let's be exactly. honest, too. They're yeah. like, no, 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 I'm right. good. I'm good. Yeah. Deb, what you got? <laughs> okay, so I think one of the things that's interesting to me um, is just that it's the truth and science seem to be, you know, your core for finding out about the phenomenon. And of course, that's fantastic. A lot of people need that. They need those facts and all that. Um, but I want to know what what to you is sort of compelling with the phenomenon. What to you is sort of like appeals to you or um, kind of what you feel might be going on if as you if you're willing to say it, you know. No, it's okay. Yeah. Um, it's a great, I think it's great. I think you should, ask, we should ask everybody that, right. What their, what their thoughts are on it. Cause everyone has different opinions and no one really knows. Um, so, you know, everyone's uh, the best guess is probably <laughs> could be the best one. Um, so the, what, it, what draws me to UFOs, uh, if, if anyone's ever listened before, my, my dad was really massively into UFOs and had a sighting when he was really young, when he was young in like 1920 or 19, when he was 19 or 20. Um, and so when he had a sighting and he had a photo of it, he showed me it as a little kid and it like, I just fell in love with it and like, it just lit up everything in me. So from there, understanding what was going on and following with him and research that he was doing and people that he was meeting in the community, like way before the internet um, and the documents that he had. And just, there's so many things that, you know, in conversations, it was just, I learned so much about him and he created such an open mind for me in that space. So that became really important to me as I started getting into PR. So when I moved into PR, I would never have ever been able to talk about UFOs because I would have been blacklisted in the media. Um, they've just been like, you're crazy. Like you can't, you can't do that. Uh, so for years I had Victor Vigiani, which is a friend of mine be like, Hey, like, can you, can you do this? And he was really being, you know, he was a former principal and he I was doing a radio show in Canada, uh, years ago. And so when he retired, he really like dived into UFOs. And so I met him, uh, through Paul Hilliard and another friend that used to work at NASA. Um, and so what happened was he, uh, it was at a, we were at a luncheon for Paul Hellyard and I met Victor and Victor and I became like Insta friends, <laughs> like super fast, not Instagram, but like instant friends. And then he would ask me about like what I was doing in PR and then talking about media members and I would send him some contacts or we would talk about strategy and then he would go and do it because I just couldn't under my company. Um, I didn't want to lose my job. I like obviously need to make money. And so then as things started to progress in 2017 came around, my, he messaged me and I was on a vacation in Mexico and he was like, do you see what's happening? And I was like, oh my God, like this has been a goal as a PR person is to see this in the mass media. And like forever, Victor's been trying for so long in Canada just to get, you know, mainstream media. And so when I, when I saw it, I was just like, I remember I was on the beach and I just went looking up and I was like, Oh my God, like, I can't even believe this is happening right now. Um, and as a PR person, you're just like, it's overwhelming because I know how hard it is to try to get through. And so when it all started to unravel and I started a podcast with a friend, I interviewed Jeremy Corbell is when I started Alt Pop Repeat. And I met Jeremy years ago before this, uh, when he was following Bob Lazar, I met him at the UFO Congress. And it was so funny because I wasn't a journalist at that time. Like I was, and I was interviewing people around there. And I think it was one of the previous years I was there with a camera. Um, but it, it was interesting with him because he said to me, he was just like, Paul Heller told me about you. And I'm like, what? 
And I'm like, he did. And he's like, yeah, he told me that there's a journalist that's a female journalist that I should meet. And at that point I wasn't, and I was in PR and I said, oh, so we exchanged information, but I was doing my own journalism in a way, uh, not for an outlet. And so then fast forward years down the road, I forgot that Jeremy and I even gave each other cell phone numbers. And then I messaged him and I was like, I wanted, I've been, obviously UFOs have been so big in my life that they're becoming mainstream now. And this makes sense for the show that I'm doing all pop repeat. So he was our first interview. And then I just, it started to open up and, and, you know, UFOs become way more stream, mainstream, you know, the debrief popped up. I was making more content. Um, I was working with Victor closely more in stories that he was seeing in Canada and giving him more strategy. And so when the debrief came around, I messaged MJ Benias to create content and MJ just, it was like, sure. You know, I was like, I, I said, I kind of want to do all of it. I, I don't just love UFOs. I love all of it, but UFOs is a common thread between all of us. And God, I swear I'm babbling guys. And so <laughs> long, uh, long story Babble. short, he, thank you. Um, long story short, he, uh, he said, yeah. So then we started creating, I started creating content for them and I gave some PR advice and things started really working with them and we all ended up working really well. So they asked me to be part of the company and then that's kind of how it all aligned. So I really been able to use my ability in PR and that's what drove me through. And it's very interesting that now I get to use that ability and it like, and I love it. Like I never, ever thought in my entire life I would ever get to do PR and like seed stories about, you know, if, if it's politically or whatever it is, if it's breaking stories to news media, you know, around the world, like, like what? Like so amazing. So I just, I'm really happy that I get to do it and it's, and it's fun. That's the other part too. So hard to get those combos aligned, right? You know, it is. And it, you know, and there are probably some people in Canada, I would imagine, or some outlets mm. that are probably just laughing a little bit at me. And maybe I've been blacklisted, but at this point I don't mm. care. You yeah. know, I'm like, I, I love what I do. And, and American media is way more acceptable in this conversation than Canadian media, unfortunately, right now. And hopefully that will change. And, you know, hopefully I'll, mm. I'll be able to, to help advocate that change at some point. I'm kind of gearing towards that, but yeah, it's, it's been an interesting ride and I'm just, I'm just happy. And it's just really cool to be able to like talk to like different news outlets, you know, in, in mainstream media and be like, and talk about UFOs on the phone. Like it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Are you related to Isaac Newton? Sorry. No. I, was, I had to throw that in. Can you imagine? Okay. I always say that people well, want to spell my name. I wish I was right. That would put German, everything together. German, yeah, my background's German Italian, and apparently, like we have a descend, we're descendants of of from we're we're English as well too. I found out later oh. on, but I'm I'm mainly German Italian, so no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, who's going next? I wanted to ask. That's you. Go for it. Cool. So. Um, as you were talking earlier about the team and how how you guys all work so closely together to be brief and you guys are so bonded. So so as a team, do you guys ever sit and really discuss like what if the phenomena just showed up right here right now? How can we help the community? How are we going to respond? You know, do you guys ever kind of talk about, you know, kind of philosophizing through how how you you would handle it? We don't, we don't philosophize how we would handle it. Uh, you know, we would report about it. So I think that there's like, there would be an understanding like how it probably work is somebody would take the lead on the story. If it would either be Tim, MJ, um, 
or mica, depending on what the angle was. If it's like Air Force or it's, you know, really deep history, we'd go mica. If it's more political, we'd go Tim. Uh, if there was culture related, we'd probably go more MJ. So it just depends on who would write that piece. And then, or all three of them would write it actually together. It could be possible. Uh, and then what I would do is write a press release around it. And then I would be seeding our story if it was a breaking story. So we've done this before and we've done it many times in the UFO conversation where, you know, something's come out and broke and, um, uh, the transmedium article was one of them that we ended up breaking. Um, and then just confirming that, you know, Jeremy Corbell stuff was, um, confirmed from the Pentagon. You know, we, we broke a lot of those pieces. Jeremy obviously broke his first story. We just helped push when we found out that it was, um, that it was confirmed from the DOD as not being theirs. So we've done this before many times. And so we know how to do it. So I think it'd be similar process than what we do now. And then we'd all just be freaking out in discord, like <laughs> in our discord chat and like, you know, and then being like, Oh my God, like, and then, you know, right. And then ours would be like, what strategy? And then I would figure out what strategy we would do to see to what media, um, you know, I, I, it'd be unbelievable to break a story like that. Like I, you know, like that's, you, you can't even ask for that as someone in, in journalism and everything else to be able to go out and, and tell people something that major. Oh my God. It would be amazing. But, um, and there's mm -hmm. also people too that are, um, it's part of SETI. I believe one of them, I forget his name now as a scientist, um, I just, I ended up watching, um, world science, one of his interviews recently, a round table that they did. And he is, oh gosh, I forget his name, but he was one of the people that if something did happen, like if obviously if aliens came to light, came to earth and there was something, if we said, and it was there, you know, they showed us and they're like, ha, we're here. Um, and in full and full on and ended up telling us, let's just say there are point people that they would go to. And I found that, and I've been trying to contact him actually to do an interview because I'm curious because SETI has a process of how they would go about doing that. And then who would be that contact person and it, it you know, and then who would be talking to God government, but there would be a main face for it. And part of that is SETI, I believe from what I, what I've heard. Um, so that's interesting. And we'd probably bring that person in to, to talk with us. There, there would be a whole process around it as well, but yeah, but I think it would just be what we have now. It also depends on what we're talking about too, you know, how big it is, you know? Yeah. 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 Nice. Well, we have a, uh, I know we have a question from the chat. So Chris, uh, you might be on mute, but, uh, you want to put that up on screen? And, uh, I'm about to, here we go. That's our question from Rachel. TTSA is no more. Now to the stars media would love to hear your thoughts on the transition. Yeah. So you mean from like what Tom's doing in the movie and entertainment space? I think that there's a space for Tom to tell his stories. You know, he's moving away from news media and that's okay because his space and, you know, we're looking at Chris, um, Christopher Mellon and like everyone else and Lou Elizondo that are really dedicated to the news media section of this. And I think that they're, there's, it's smart for them to do that because it keeps mm -hmm. things in the mainstream media uh, and have people having more daily conversations and learning more different academic level too, rather than just doing like movies and entertainment shows. So I think Tom's in there for a good reason too, because I think he's going to create content that is going to be closer to fact and closer mm -hmm. to what's actually going on in the community than getting producers and no offense to any producer that produces UFO mm -hmm. content. Cause I'm just happy you yeah. do. Um, but they, it's takes a lot to learn, right? Like yeah. Yeah. You're like, I've talked to some directors and producers and they're like, Oh my God, like this mm -hmm. is so much. I'm like, welcome to the, welcome to the UFO world. Right. Yeah. That so came up in your interviews. Sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. No, the follow up to this is because I think, cause I saw this this morning that the TTSA website's gone. 
And oh, I'm not that, surprised. Yeah. Yeah. And that the address for TTSA has changed to a PO box. Now I have not vetted any of that. I just saw it on Twitter. And I think that's where Rachel's coming yeah. from that all of a sudden the website's just a dead URL. So yeah. It might, it might be recording information. So yeah. My, my speculation on that is that he's probably just in a transition mode. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly, but I know from what I've been told that, you know, Tom and he's been very, open about going into more film and television about UFOs. So I think what he's doing mm-hmm. is just transitioning the company. And a lot of people that were on the board now are no longer there and have done other things. So he's probably just making a, a totally new website and just transitioning into something that's um, more aligned with what he's doing on brand and in the film and television world. That's that's my thoughts. Oh. I don't think it's and anything my else. My husband just said it, the site is back now. I just okay, saw it go pop on. up Seriously. on the chat. Like, like, updated. Yeah, updating, updating it. Updating it. Updating it. Yeah. Right is back, so everything's okay. Yeah. So the government, they did it. <laughs> right. Added they took it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you a question, a very kind of specific question that came up uh, in, in Twitter today. And I know you've interviewed uh, Avi Loeb about the Galileo yeah. project. Um, and uh, the comment, I think it came from Daniel Miller at UCR, uh, and it was essentially speaking to the, the the sort of members of the Galileo project. It's it's got this big tent uh, sort of mission in a way, kind of bringing in lots of different scientists or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a little bit of, um, I think, concern from some maybe on that project of of who is joining Galileo and whether or not that uh, makes it more challenging for the academics and the scientists who've signed on to that project to kind of put their names on the, on the dotted line, just because of association with some of the more fringe, uh, sort of ideas within the, within the phenomenon community. So I wondered if you could speak to that a little bit from a PR standpoint, also from just as this is, um, starting to kind of get out there more in the public yeah. sphere, you know, is that a good idea to have a really big, big tent or would you kind of re- recommend they keep it a little bit more narrowly focused? It's a great question. I haven't even really thought about it in a PR perspective. I've just been busy <laughs> thinking about, like, I, I I know what's going on and I, I hear a lot of the the politics and, you know, people arguing and stuff in our own community and, and what's going on with it. Um, I really love Abby Loeb and what he's doing in his team. Um, and I've met other, talked to other people on his team. So, and the, you know, and what he's doing with Harvard. So I'm going to leave him and let him, you know, I think he knows what he's doing. Um, it's it's hard to say because he might have a larger plan at play that we're not seeing here. Um, personally, if it was me, I it's hard because you want to open it up to lots of different research and and having the ability to have people give in bring in data that's that is like correct and accurate. So sometimes you need those other players that have that type of equipment and those abilities to do that some of those people are not always the best. And so maybe his, what he's doing when it comes to like weeding certain people out um, before popping them up on the website is maybe just, you know, holding on to that information a little bit longer. That's what I would probably do. But again, like the, he might have a bigger strategy at play than than I even know. So we'll mm-hmm. see what, what happens. I just mm-hmm. hope that what he's doing is still going to roll out. And I hope that Harvard, even though some people drop on and drop off, that Harvard still really backs this. And that would be my only concern as a PR person is that Harvard would say, I'm, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, because that really gives so much leverage and credibility to that program. So mm-hmm. that's the only thing I would I would be concerned about. Um, but, you know, what we see on along 
you know, and I would love to do this more is work in the science community doing PR. Um, science community is not really good at it. Like they're really not. Um, hmm. And I don't know why. Um, it's not saying that their communications people aren't good at their job. It's just, um, they're telling, maybe telling stories in different ways. You know, I am not a scientist in that way. Like I, my background is, um, humanities and arts. And then along with like communications, that's what I do. And like, I, you know, my postgrad is corporate communications and public relations. So I'm really versed in that and like what's going on in the mainstream and along with them with culture. I'm not a scientist. I just love science and tech. Like I just, I'm fascinated by it and I just love to be able to work in it. So my, what I've learned in this space, I would love one day to be able to take over to the science community to help frame stuff, to be a little bit more attractive mainstream wise. And there's, there are probably other PR people doing it. I just haven't met them before. Um, and hopefully I get to. So I think that that's what, you know, Avi's, I think he's trying to do that. And I think he's trying to do something different. So I'm just going to watch it for a while, but if anything, what I would have done is hold on to those names a little bit longer, um, to see what happens rather than just kind of popping everybody up all the time. Um, and letting like, you know, if people are having politics internally in the own community, let them sort that out. And if they don't, well then that's their own loss. Right. Right. If I could ask one follow up to that, the, um, kind of the on-ramp for this topic seems like it is the nut nuts and bolts yeah. component, the, uh, the national security component that's, you know, getting politicians engaged. That seems like a very easy a place to get into this topic and distribute it, you know, sort of amongst the larger, um, you know, the, the world, if you will. Um, what do you think about um, the progression of the story and where it may go? So that it's it's obvious kind of, I think, where we're starting. Where do you think it may end? These are really great questions, guys. <laughs> it's like really great questions. Um, politically, so I had this conversation just recently too. I talked to Dave about this because we talk about how uh, UFOs are political right now and how they haven't been polarized yet. Um, I'm worried that they will be, and I'm worried that um, certain political extremist groups will take the UFO narrative, and they have in the past, um, and have used it just as a conversation. They haven't used it as part of their agenda, but they've used it in larger, broader conversations. So I'm worried that we're going to have certain extremist political groups decide to attach themselves to UFOs, and then be like, oh, you know, this is, and, every, and then news media is going to discredit it, and then entertainment will discredit it, because they'll think it's just an extremist movement, when it's not. Um, oh. and I think I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm looking at that more than anything and the, and still in the political space as well. I do think that people, I have seen other lobbyists, um, that have political agendas. I obviously can't, won't say who, but we've seen that they've created these lobbyist groups and you can tell that they're just looking for money within the UFO community. And I've smelt that out pretty bad where I'm like, I don't trust them. Um, so I'm worried about that. And I like people to be mindful of that too, when they're deciding on who they're going to, um, give money to or donate anything to when it comes to lobbyists and that to know who they are and, and really if they are working towards the community and, and helping this rather than just money. Mm -hmm. Um, cause there's people out there that do that. Um, and then along with then, yeah, like making sure extreme extremist groups don't pol uh, politicalize it. And then along with like, if a politician is going to come in, they actually do want to make some change. And we are seeing that like right now with the bipartisan and everything else that's been done. We're seeing like two different sides of political, um, political parties that are now working together and like, it's unbelievable. Like, I just, I think it's amazing. And I just hope it stays like that for a very, very long time. Um, so that's, th that's, that's my wish in that, but we'll see, you know, and I, and to be honest, I really think that the UFO community <clears throat> is not going to let the, 
not polarization is going to happen on its own maybe, but I don't think the extremist side of things, I think the UFO community is going to be really great at handling that ourselves, to mm. be honest. Um, it's the most amazing, one of the most, and I say this because I'm part of it and I'm biased, but it is one of the best communities. Like I've seen people work together and it's unbelievable around the world. So I wish we, we are, we should be more of an example of that. I think for other yeah other other communities totally agree yeah again but i'm biased (laughs) (laughs) same deb you have a question yeah i was gonna ask with things like you know obviously the web telescope um the invisible college being more visible people being more aware of fringe science and things like that what are you most excited about coming up you know between your own interests science and the debrief what are you excited about seeing come out soon oh man i love chris plain's articles around warp bubbles i've been talking to him about warp bubbles for so long before that article came out um so that stuff in the science community, I'm, I'm super excited to see what they're going to do with that on different levels. Um, I'm massively an Elon Musk, you know, fan and follow his work. Um, I like what they're doing with the Neuralink. I'm curious to see what he's going to do with that and how that's going to integrate into our own society. I know that he's testing on humans coming up uh, in the, this year. And then along with um, uh, the metaverse, like love everything to do with the metaverse, right? So, like, so it's Test so it good, me, right? Exactly. <laughs> like I'm trying to get the Facebook beta. I have a friend that's in the in the meta beta right now, and I was like, I need, and I think he's, he's obviously using it through Quest too. Um, but I'm like, I need to get my hands on that beta uh, because I'm I'm really interested to see how we're going to have mixed reality and what that's going to look like. Mm. You know, that's. Like I, I'm, I think that we're in the best time for science right now. And everyone's going to keep saying that as it gets, you know, more exciting, but right now it's so cool because it's like, so sci-fi and you're Dude. like, this is like, I can't believe we're even talking about mixed realities right now. Um, I am a little scared to be honest too. Sure. Uh, it doesn't mean that I'm not, you know, I have my, I have concerns, but I'm, I'm a little bit of a, a I like the new stuff that's coming out. I'm just keep, and th- those are my, you know, outside of all the stuff in the UFO community, the tech stuff, that's, that's, what's really interesting to me. Um, but yeah, on the UFO side of things, I just, I'm interesting. I'm really interested in the political conversations right now and what's going to happen too. So that's in, in the international conversation, that's really important to me. Um, and I've talked to Lou Elizondo about this and I've told him like, those are things that I I care deeply about is like how international relations are going to look at this UFO topic and how we're all going to work together around the world as countries. So. Nice. Yes. They're going to bring us together or tear us apart. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. I found that uh, looking at your interviews, like you've got a really good, you do a very good job of uh, synthesizing topics. So I don't know if you, you kind of plan on that when you go into an interview, but uh, like your interview with Lou is a good example of this and what you just talked about. It, you kind of approached it from an angle that I don't think many people would. You're looking at the bigger picture. Um, and I've noticed this too with your alt pop repeat show, like you, you guys do a good job of kind of like kind of pulling things back and making them relevant again, or looking at uh, what the, what might be popular, what kind of means in larger context. So, you know, how do you view this subject, uh, the study of, of the phenomenon or UFOs, UAP, uh, in the context of kind of human history? You know, what, what, what sort of common themes do you see reoccurring 
with our fascination mm-hmm. with this. Uh, you know, it's, it's almost as like when, when uh, Enlightenment science came along, we were like, yeah, we're done with that. We're done with the stuff that's really <laughs> mysterious. We're just going to look at the tiny things and study them under the microscope and everything else out there we're going to ignore. But now we're, we're seemingly uh, entertaining these uh, sort of notions again through things like quantum physics, uh, which is teaching us that the universe is far stranger than we ever thought. So, you know, what are your mm-hmm. thoughts kind of a, from a macro perspective on this subject with, uh, you know, sort of human behavior, human history? Uh, and thank you for the compliment, first of all. It's, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, I, I think on a larger, it's a, again, a really great question. I think on a larger scale, you know, it's, it's hard because we won't know and we'll see what happens in the future. But what I would predict to happen and what I would like to happen is that we use science, like we're using quantum physics and the things that we're learning now is we get to prove, you know, more things that are paranormal, not even just UFOs and have those conversations. UFOs are opening the door now for larger fringe, other fringe topics to come in, to be taken academically and taken seriously. So that's exciting. And I think that will happen more. And I think we probably will look back in our past history and say, oh, like maybe we were going down the wrong road and maybe somebody else was going down the right road. So I think we will compare and we will find those, you know, we use that word sync in alt pop repeat, which means like something that's like come together, like what has, what was a catalyst moment that moved something to mainstream. Um, so I think we'll find that and, you know, science will help create those like sync moments and then news media will report on it, but we will look back. We always do like, you know, Dave Foley said to me once too, in an interview previously, um, where he was just like, you know, we laughed because germs, we didn't believe it, you know, and then a, and a lot of people died. Like, he's just like, it was laughable. And I, it's a good point. So I, I do think that we're going to look back on some of the science that we have now and realize that, that we weren't right and, and look at and maybe other fridge scientists or other data that's come forward and it's saying that it's somewhat correct. So I, I think a lot of people are going to have different moments in the community that might have not have been respected before in all different science and tech um, and maybe have their day too. So, and then some, some might not, some, we mm-hmm. might prove that some of it's, you know, people that were mainstream scientists weren't as right as we thought they were. And I mm-hmm. think that will happen, especially when this UFO conversation unravels even more, um, because we do have these like, you know, there's multiple theories. There's so many theories, but we also have these different sides too, where science is saying, you know, we have like Skinwalker Ranch, right. And like what's going on there and like all the paranormal stuff that's happening there. And these groups of people that are legit saying these things are happening and they're getting this other part of the community. That's like, "Mm, I still don't know right now. Um, so I think that that might come a little bit closer. Um, and I'm, I'm very interested in Skinwalker Ranch personally, like everybody else is after reading those books. I'm like, Oh my God, George, I'm like, yeah, get amazing. me on the ranch. Um, so you I, you know, and then, Oh, a hundred percent. I would go a hundred percent. I'm, I'm trying to go. Yeah, I would. Um, I have, um, you know, I've, yeah, I don't have a, a fear in that way. If anything, if you've got, if you've read the, you know, the books or, you know, um, might be a spoiler alert, but if I haven't, people haven't read them, but you know, those blue, blue little orbs do scare the crap out of me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be running Lord. if I saw one of those, even if it was yeah. fake, someone was like, you know, making a joke, <laughs> watch Chrissy a, run I, for the hills. Oh. Um, you know, but th- when I read that in the book, it, uh, skin markers at the Pentagon, you know, that I remember at night I was like, Oh my God, it's like, you did it again, guys. <laughs> it's like no. scaring the crap out of me. I scared myself <laughs> at night. I'm my... like, man, I know, oh. but I'm like, oh, but, but at the same time, like we don't, 
you know, you don't, these are, these are conversations that people have had and, you know, and their experiences too. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to tell somebody that their experience is right or wrong. I would right. like to experience it myself. Um, yes. but right. you know, reading those books, right. those orbs, do, <laughs> the blue orbs do scare the crap out of me. Oh yeah. For sure. <laughs> well, I, I have a pet orb actually. He's very, very, he's very Ew, friendly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> What's his name? Yeah. Would you like to see him? I have some pictures of him. Actually. I would love that. If Nathan has him queued up. Well, I do. Hold on one second. Uh, and we'll get him on here. He's nice, actually. He doesn't have a name yet, but um, you should name. Hopefully, him. you can you can you can help name him. So I got him at on sale. He's at at, at Walmart, actually. Surprisingly, <laughs> see there there there's the shelf. And there's the the orb section. You know, sometimes they have it. I brought him home. You gotta wear a Faraday cage. I found because a tinfoil hat is not enough. People need to put those Faraday cages on their heads. People don't realize it. <laughs> tinfoil hat thing doesn't work. This is his breakfast. He likes to eat magnets. Isn't he cute looking at him? I'm not surprised. You go have a magnet and then me taking him for a walk. You know, he does really good on walks. Or she, I'm not sure yet. I don't really know how to get the gender they, on an orb. Say they. They. We'll do a <laughs> they. they. Yeah. They. And this is, you know, just hanging out my little orb. That's, yep, it, there that's he is. Their, their dress. Hey, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're going out outfit. Amazing. We do have a question my, from DJ. Can I pop it oh, up? Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So question for Chrissy, if you were writing the headline, the state of the UFO topic today, three years from now, what would that headline be? Ooh. Um, hey. Oh, I don't know. Oh God. That's a great one. I don't know what I would write the, you know, uh, <laughs> um, you know, everyone in the UFO community was right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I honestly, I don't know what the headline would be. Um, I would just happy neener, that, it neener, saying neener. that or, you know, it would be that, you know, like UFOs brought us together, you know, <laughs> the UFO topic is what brought us all together. Um, that would, that would be wonderful in any way, you know, UFOs create world peace. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. I wish. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine would be told you so. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like it's uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, please. I'm sorry. No, I'm just doing a time check because I know that Chrissy's yes. got to go in five minutes. Right. I want to make yeah. sure if yeah. we have any other questions uh, from the panel that we get them in there. These are really yeah. great, guys. These are some really great PR questions that no one's ever asked me before. So I, re- I really respect that. I love cool. talking about it too. So thank you. Nice. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, great to have you with us. Uh, well, I'll, I'll defer. Anyone on the panel have a question or something from, yeah. the, from the chat? Oh, sorry, go ahead, I got go. I got a question actually um, about secret societies. Right, you're, you're you're really into secret societies. Can you get me into one? <laughs> I've um, I'm not in any secret societies. Oh. Um, I know. I wish I was. Uh, for the longest time. Oh my god, I forgot their name now. The Illuminati. <laughs> um, oh my god. There you go. What is the with the rings? Oh my god, Chrissy. The, the Freemasons. Freemasons. I have, yeah. yeah, I met, I remember uh, when I was, when I was really young, I, sorry, I couldn't remember. I'm like, God, I'm like, I should know my secret societies here. Um, I just find them interesting as, as a topic. And I remember I've met a couple Freemasons in my life and, you know, I'm like, so are you with the Illuminati? Can I see your ring? You know? And, right. and I've asked them, yeah. And I've asked them questions and it's, um, 
I find that I find it really like for them, they're, they're like, nothing's going on on their end, but I still find it super intriguing. Um, me too. And always have, but I'm not, no, I'm not part of any secret society. I don't know if they would invite me in. I, if it was a UFO one, probably, but I don't know if we have any UFO secret societies. Um, would you tell us if you were though, Chrissy? That's I don't know. Mm. Mm. This is my alibi. That's it. That's it. <laughs> let, let, you know, let the rumors fly. I guess clip that part. Right. And they're like, Oh my God, she's working at the Pentagon. <laughs> I'm part of a secret society. You are. Yes, but yeah. it's not that sacred anymore. You guys can all join. Oh, this oh cool. Is society for scientific exploration. Oh, nice. Yes, that's where the uh, people can go be anonymous and do fringe science if they want to. It's awesome. I'll, I'll look cool. you up. Right. Yeah, De Deb is. Uh, uh, yeah, she's shared a lot of the stuff from the scientific uh, from that community, and also the scientific coalition for. What yeah. is it, Deb? The, the actual acronym? Uh, um, SSE, the Society for Scientific Exploration. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, what you just said. But th there's a ton of like uh, academic uh, videos on there. They actually have a YouTube channel and they're on Twitter. Uh, but it's a lot of very well known academics, you know, PhDs talking about a lot of yeah. interesting subjects. But you can be anonymous. It's a secret society. They allow you to be anonymous. Oh yeah. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. So what is going on with you next, Chrissy? What, what, what should we, we, we are, we're, you know, we are dropping uh, a story at the debrief. That's going to be a debrief exclusive that, um, the people in our community would be really interested in. So I can't, that's a le that's all I can say about it. Uh, and mm -hmm. it should be next week. So from what we're planning, so yeah, that's going to be really exciting. Um, so that, that, that will be my next, when you guys see that, that article drop, that will be my next video. So I'm really, really excited to talk about it. And I have a crap load of research I need to start doing. Wow. Uh, now. So I've got next week to watch out for yeah, this. Clear your calendars, everybody. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I should, we should be. I should be dropping the video myself on Thursday or Friday, so it should be around that time. But it's not. We're like it's not a, a hundred percent confirmed, but it, it hopefully. So I get that's that's the most I can say right now. But I'm I'm really okay. excited to do it, and it's someone I've been wanting to talk to for a very very long time. So I'm just wow. excited that I awesome. get the chance to. So, Amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, here, here's a question I have for you: Where is Tim's mm -hmm. part four of his four part? Uh, I, we always make fun of Tim on that. Mm -hmm. We're like something. We're like, oh, something's gonna happen. We're like, Tim's part four is that dropping? <laughs> <laughs> we write him in that in Discord. You got. So to, we're asking. Yeah. We yeah right. So we don't know. We're asking too. We're like Tim. Where is this? Um, so I don't. I don't. I, I honestly, that's a Tim thing. I, I. I. We haven't talked about it in recent like weeks, but at some point, I think he will be. I you love. Can tell him I we haven't him. forgotten. We haven't forgotten. I will. I'll Tim. tell him that. I'll tell him that in Discord. Come like, on, Tim. Tim. Yeah, Get we want to see it. Let's go, McMillan. Let's go. Yeah. Come on, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do we need? Do we have time for one last question? And who wants to take it? Deb, there's one in the chat, and there's one. Deb, did you want to ask a question? Oh no, I was just referencing. We have one in the chat. It's about the UAPX. It's All right. right here from Kelly Open Muse. Is Chrissy aware of UAPX? UAP expeditions, they recently returned from an expedition Catalina Island looking for Tic Tacs. They say they're analyzing the data. Comments? Yes. I'm actually in the new documentary that's coming out. Hey. Um, 
Yeah. So I'm, I just wow. for a moment, I'm in it. Um, I was in California and Catalina Island and I was, um, in California last, uh, year. So I will have a moment in it and uh, that's all I can say about that. Um, but I do know the guys at UAPX. Yes, I do. I did meet mm -hmm. them in person last year. Um, it was invited to come to go meet them and I had dinner with them and, um, and then I ended up just, you know, finding myself, um, on an expedition for like an evening. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. They're great. I love wow. Gary and everyone else. Yeah. Incredibly Nathan. cool. Well, no, I mean, I just got to say, I, I know we could talk to you for a very long time. Uh, I, I appreciate the, um, it's it's not just you know Christy just to be honest with you it's not just the quality of the work that you do but it, your passion for this subject is very evident you know and it's Thank really you. cool to see that and it's I think that's hard to find it's also probably why people resonate with what the debrief is doing because it's uh it's it's a just it's something that everybody on that team seems to share and uh, you know I think you know for for myself personally I don't know about the rest of the team but you know kudos to what you guys do and uh, keep up the great work and i know that every, you know in this in this topic there's a lot of controversy and you can't put out anything without somebody saying oh well you did this wrong or whatever but i just want to encourage you guys to keep doing the great work you're doing and uh and not um you know give up and you know we're, we're a lot, you have a lot of support in the community Thank you. Like, thank you so much. I'll tell the guys that too. And everyone else on the team, like, and I thank you for the compliment. I, I appreciate that. Like, I love the topic a lot. Uh, and that was a fear of mine when I started getting into this. I was like, people are going to, are people really going to believe that? And at a point I was just like, I don't care because I care. <laughs> mm -hmm. And at one point I was like, if people don't watch it or they do, I don't care. I just like to do it. Um, it makes me happy. So I'm just glad that people, and I'm just glad people like the content. Like I really do. And I, I appreciate that immensely. I appreciate you guys watching. I appreciate people sharing everything. So thank you for that. Yeah, you're we welcome. Appreciate, we appreciate you. seeking the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> truth. We're trying. That's what do. we're all here for. It's right. one, one thing we all have in common. Everybody likes truth in this community. That's, and I think that's such an honorable thing to, to like and to want and to be part of. So Absolutely. Well, thanks again for joining us. And uh, we're going to keep our eyes out uh, for what's Thank coming next you. week. Uh, speaking of next week, just on our own show, we have Ryan Sprague coming up uh, to yeah. join us on Wednesday. Looking forward to chatting with him. Uh, and uh, and then we have other shows planned uh, in the coming weeks ahead that we're really excited about. So anyway, for myself, Nathan, uh, for Akashi Chris, Dev Study of UAPs and Flarius Kevin, uh, and for Chrissy Newton, we thank all of you for joining us on CAB and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye.